Amen. Thank you. You've got a Bible. Open it to James chapter 5. We're actually finishing up a series entitled 24 Carat Faith. I've enjoyed James. I'm going to miss James. Have y'all enjoyed James? Say yes. I know I have. James just kind of says it like it is, and it's been a challenge to preach through it, and man, I've just been encouraged. But also, I want you to know next Sunday, we'll start a new series entitled Overcomers. And we're going to talk about how to overcome fear, how to overcome anxiety, how to overcome uh, discouragement. And uh, we'll also talk about how to overcome guilt and your past. So you'll want to be a part of those over the next four or five weeks. And man, invite some people to be a part of it as well. Now, James this morning really is closing out this letter. And what he does is he challenges these Jewish believers uh, to pray. And he gives them five categories in which they are to pray. And I said it just a moment ago. Let me just kind of restate it here. Uh, there are some things that God is going to do whether we pray or not. But there are some things that God will not do unless we pray. In fact, I would say it to you like this. Uh, a lot of your life and a lot of my life is a sum total of our prayers. Uh, even our church body, it's a sum total of our prayers. And so God hears our prayers. And man, I'll be honest with you, I don't fully understand how it all works because I know God is sovereign, but there is a mystery in the sovereignty of God where he has chosen to actually answer our prayers and move on earth because we ask him to. And to move in our life because we ask him to. Move in our churches because we ask him to. And it's an amazing concept, this idea of prayer. It's a great privilege. And can I tell you this morning, whenever you pray, you, you're not talking to someone who doesn't understand what you've got going on. The Bible says that Jesus has experienced trials, temptations, and difficulties. In fact, it says to us in the uh, book of Hebrews, we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. And then listen to this. Therefore, now pay attention, let us draw near to him with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive, now listen, so that we may receive and find grace to help in time of need. Now, now notice this, we draw near so that we can receive. Now, now listen, if we don't draw near, that means we're not receiving. And so there's a great challenge here in the text of Scripture. You know, just... Uh, man, I've got a long introduction. Don't you listen? Y'all still with me? Say yes. Uh, Paul actually says we're to pray without ceasing. That means we're to pray over and over and often. There should be continual communication between you and the Lord Jesus Christ all throughout your day. You know, I think about our cell phones in our pockets, right? Most of them have a speaker phone. That means you can press that little speaker button and you can talk to somebody while you're driving, uh, while you're eating, while you're working. Well, listen, as soon as you throw your legs out of bed in the morning, I would encourage you to do this. Turn on the speaker phone to heaven, and no matter what you are doing throughout the day, you speak to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be shocked. The Lord will actually draw near to you as you draw near to Him. Now, James is going to give us five categories, or let me say it like this, five prompters to encourage you to pray. So I'm going to read the text, and then I'm going to preach it, and then we're going to have a time of prayer. Y'all down with that? Say yes. All right, very good. Now, James chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, I'm going to read all the way through 20. And as we read this, I want you to see how many times the word prayer actually shows up. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 13. I didn't even ask y'all to stand. Y'all just ready, ain't you? Can I get a witness on that? That's good stuff, man. Don't y'all love opening up your Bibles? I mean, this is like the Lord speaking to you this morning. God wrote a book. It's called the Bible, and you and I have an opportunity to read it and grow from it. Look at verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must, what's your Bible say? 
praise. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone uh, among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him and anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And then he prayed again. And the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Several times, 13 through 20, we are encouraged to pray. So let's do that now. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, we need the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts through the Word. So we ask that you give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, lives to obey and god may we be prompted to pray as your followers just as those were who were receiving this letter for the very first time and we'll give you glory for it and it's in the name of jesus christ that we pray and everybody said amen go ahead and be seated all right five prompters to pray here's the first one whenever you are enduring hardship uh pray when you're enduring hardship, pray. I love how he does it. He just asks the question. That is good communication skill. James writes the question, is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Now that word suffering, uh, it speaks of undergoing misfortune uh, or distress. Uh, matter of fact, it could be translated trouble. Has anybody got any trouble going on in here this morning? God's word for you is that you would pray. You know, one commentator noted that as disciples of Jesus who travel through life, we are all going to face suffering. Matter of fact, God uses suffering of the life of believers to actually draw us closer to Him and to fashion us into the image of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So is anybody in trouble? Listen, when you're in trouble, you are to pray. When you are enduring hardship, you ought to seek the Lord Jesus Christ with your whole heart. Now, trouble can come in all various uh, kinds of ways. You can face emotional struggles, emotional trouble. There may be anxiety, worry, fear, whatever it is. Uh, you are to pray. But those that James is writing to, you remember, are some individuals who are facing some distress in their life because their employers were not paying them. And so they were experiencing some financial trouble. So they may have emotionally been worried, but they also would have been financially in straits. And so James is saying, listen, I know you've got trouble going on, but what you need to do now is you need to pray. You need to seek the Lord. And you think about it, they would have been very tempted to look at all of their employers as enemies in their life. And that's why Jesus encourages us in the book of Matthew that we are to love our enemies and listen to this and pray for those who persecute us. Just like the Lord Jesus hanging on the cross as he looked out to those who put him there, he prayed, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Even Stephen, 
He was put to death, and he prayed for those who were putting them, him to death. And so they are encouraging us to pray right here in this text. Now, suffering hardship, it can come in all forms. It can be emotional. It can be financial. But I want you to listen to this. Are you all paying attention? Say yes. You can be doing exactly what God has called you to do and still suffer. Now, listen, that is a biblical reality. That's the Bible. And so you think about Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle was in the dead center of the will of God. But how many times was he thrown into jail for preaching the gospel? All of these times. Now, us looking inside Paul's life, if we're not careful, we could have looked at Paul during those days and said, you must have something going on in your life. You've got something wrong. That's why you get put in jail all the time. But that wasn't the case. He was in the dead center of God's will, and he was thrown into jail multiple times. Now, interesting, when we see uh, Paul the Apostle in jail, he's actually praying. In fact, he writes to Timothy, and he says to Timothy from a jail cell, I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. So think about that. Paul the Apostle thrown into jail. He could have been griping about his situation. He could have been complaining about what was going on in his life. But he did not do that because he was too busy praying. He was praying for others as well. So he was lifting up Timothy. How about, how about Jesus? Y'all remember him, don't you? He was pretty popular in the Bible. Y'all with me? Jesus was in the dead center of the will of God. He was in the shadow of the cross. Listen, the Bible says he faced great distress. And it was in that moment on the Garden of Gethsemane that he actually fell over and he cried out to God the Father. Remember what he prayed? He said, Lord, if this cup can pass from me. And then he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, let it be done. So here we have the Lord Jesus Christ in a midst of hardship. And he gives us the example to pray. So really, I just ask you, you got some trouble going on in your life? You got some issues? Hey, listen, you need to pray. You need to seek the Lord during that time. That is your charge from the book of James. Well, let me give you the second prompter. Uh, that is when you are encouraged. You ought to pray. Whenever you're encouraged, hey, anybody got, uh, you just got it going on, right? You wake up in the morning, bluebirds are singing, right? Uh, you walk throughout your day, and your, your whole life is like a soundtrack. Are y'all with me? And just beautiful music. You just got it going on. Well, listen, the Bible says, is anyone cheerful? Let him, check this out, sing praises. Now, look at me eyeball to eyeball, because you may be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, Levi, you said we ought to pray. But this scripture says sing praises. Here, here, here's something very important to know. When you sing praises, you're supposed to be singing praises to Jesus. And whenever you sing praises to Jesus, that is a form of communication. And what is prayer? That is communicating with the Lord. So you and I, we are challenged that when things are going great in our life, whenever there are times of cheer in our life, we should sing praises to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you, you think about this for a moment. I know some of you guys are... Uh, y'all are sitting at home sometimes and y'all are watching The Voice or American Idol. Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't look spiritual. All right? Don't leave me up here by myself. Maybe I should say that. But, but you're watching it, right? And sometimes what happens is they get up there and they sing their hearts out. And then they have a group of people who kind of critique them. And oftentimes, here's what they'll say. We heard you sing the song, but there was no feeling behind it. Uh, you were just singing words. And then, listen, I've heard it said like this many times. But you weren't singing about or to someone. Y'all listening say yes? You can come into the house of the Lord to worship and praise be going up to Jesus. But listen to this. You might just be singing the words and not actually singing to Jesus. 
And there is a massive difference. Whenever you are cheerful, you ought to sing. You ought to sing praises to the Lord. It reminds me of David. He says it like this in Psalm 13, 6. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. See, David's heart trusted in the Lord, and there were times in his life where he was cheerful, and it caused him to sing. But I'll also tell you the Bible teaches that we should sing in line with the Word of God. So we shouldn't just sing songs that have no biblical meaning. We should sing songs that are biblical, and we should sing songs that honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle writes to the church at Colossae, and listen to what he says. He says, let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you with all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, with hymns, and spiritual songs. And listen to this singing with thankfulness in your hearts so whenever you're encouraged you should sing you should pray but let me give you a third prompter here uh and by the way just real quick look at me because some of y'all may think well i come to church tonight real cheerful does that mean i don't have to sing no you still should sing even when you're down you ought to sing Uh, by the way you don't sing because you can sing you sing because god gave you a song in your heart so you lift that up to jesus It just happens to be that James was just talking about that one category. Y'all with me saying? All right, so here's the third one. If you are sick, you ought to pray. When you're sick, pray. Look at your Bible, verse 14. He says, uh, is anyone among you sick? Then he must call the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, this describes a person who is suffering physically. Uh, It's obvious here that the person's so sick, that they don't have the ability to actually attend a church service in order to be prayed for. Uh, I see uh, this is the reason that James says he must call the elders of the church and they are to pray over him. So this is the idea that the elders are actually going to the person who is sick. Now, the elders, it's just a word that uh, is used interchangeably throughout the New Testament of overseers of a congregation. An overseer really is a shepherd of the flock. It's a, a minister or a pastor of a congregation. And so if a person is sick and they don't have the ability necessarily to come to church for prayer, uh, then they ought to call the elders. They ought to call them up on the phone and they ought to invite them to come over to their house or invite them to come to the hospital. And it's in that place that the elders should lay hands on them and actually pray for them. Now, this text also says that the elders are to anoint them with oil. Now, look at the preacher real quick because somebody would say, uh, Levi, what do you think it means to anoint somebody with oil? I think it means you anoint somebody with oil. Let's not get too crazy on this, all right? That's just what it means. Matter of fact, there are some individuals who have tried to say that this anointing with oil was really used for medicinal purposes. And they cite the story of the Good Samaritan, how he actually went and helped the man, and he prayed for him, and he actually put oil on his wounds. But, but listen to this. This text is saying if somebody's sick, go and anoint that person with oil and pray for them. And this anointing with oil, this isn't some kind of a random thing throughout the Bible. Listen, the disciples in Mark 6, 13, they were casting out many demons and they were anointing with oil many sick people and they were being healed. So the disciples did it. And so we are also to do the exact same thing. Now, I'll say to you this morning that anointing somebody with oil is not some sort of good luck charm. Uh, This is not some sort of uh, magical art whereby the oil causes that individual person to become well. Uh, Nor would I even classify this as a ceremony. 
But when you take oil and you put it on somebody's head that you're praying for and you anoint them with oil, there's something unique in that. You are setting that person aside for a specific, special prayer of healing. And you are to pray for them. And so that's what the Bible teaches. So we seek to do that. We've got one, Miss Terry, here's the day. She actually called us that we might come over and anoint her with oil. Now, can I be honest with you? You're the first to ever do that. For, since I've been in ministry, y'all with me? I'm sure you guys have probably experienced that before. I've never seen that before. Matter of fact, when Miss Betty told me, I thought, oh, what kind of oil? Is it like motor oil? What kind of oil we need to get? You know what I'm saying? So uh, we, we found some oil. And so that was the time where we had the opportunity to put this principle into practice. Now, verse 15, the Bible says, And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. Now, uh, when we pray, we're not placing our faith in oil. We're placing our faith in the Lord. And he says the prayer of faith will restore them. Now, look at the preacher just a minute, because this is where it gets a little bit uh, wild to me from a theological perspective, all right? The reason it gets wild to me is because I read stories in the Old Testament. Y'all remember King Hezekiah? He was supposed to die, but then he prayed and said, Lord, give me more years. And the Lord's like, all right, and gave him more. You remember Jesus? He went into one town, and here's what he said. He says, I could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. They did not have faith. And so whenever you and I are called to pray, we should, we're called, listen, to actually believe God can do what we're asking him to do. And so we pray asking him, we pray fervently, we call out on the Lord, and we ask him to move in our particular situation. And in this case, it's a prayer for sick. And, and y'all look at me eyeball to eyeball, because I'm going I'm to share this with you, and I don't want y'all to think I'm charismatic. Y'all listening? But there have been times in my life when I have prayed for those who were sick, and I really sensed the Spirit of God energizing the prayer, and that individual person was healed. There are just times I said, now I don't have like the gift of healing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, matter of fact, I don't, I don't even think those are working any longer. But the prayer of faith still got it going on. And so I'm going to encourage it. If you know somebody's sick and they need prayer, go pray for them. Lift them up to the, and trust that Jesus can actually heal them. And um, I'll tell you now, God's will all works into that. Uh, there are some people who say, well, and I've even heard it preached. They, they preach that if you uh, finish your prayer saying, if it's the will of the Lord, that that's a prayer of doubt. That's not a prayer of doubt. Are you kidding me? Jesus prayed that prayer. And so whenever you're play, praying within the context of the will of God, it doesn't negate your faith. You still got to trust the Lord. You still got to believe. Listen, like I said before, God does many things without us praying, but there are some things God chooses not to do unless we pray. And so we ought to pray with our whole hearts. So let me give you uh, 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says this. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. So there's this uh, context of praying in faith, but also praying in the will of the Lord. And I believe the Spirit of God will actually guide our hearts as we pray so that we pray for God's will to occur. And there are some times that God miraculously heals a person who is sick. And he does so through prayer. And listen, isn't that a great testimony, by the way? It's not just a testimony that God answers prayers, but you think about that guy who got healed. You think about that guy who got healed. They now get to go around and share. I thought you were sick. I thought you were doing well. I wasn't. But we was praying, and the Lord heard our prayer. 
y'all ain't, I'm preaching up here whether y'all know it or not. Y'all remember Hannah in the Old Testament? The Bible says she went to the temple and she was moving her mouth. Even the priest didn't know what she was doing because there was no words coming out. They thought she was crazy. But what she was praying is that God would give her a child. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, and the Lord remembered her and gave her a child. There have been people in our church body who've not been able to have children. They prayed and God heard. God bless you, brother. I mean, help a bro out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know who it was. I know what you'll scratch your voice, brother. I'm just kidding. John Snetley, he's got a cold. We should pray for you before you leave. Y- y'all look at verse 15, because here's where it also kind of gets a little dicey. But I want you to see it. It says, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Now, listen, this actually links some sickness to sin. It links some sickness to sin. Now, don't go around looking at everybody who's sick and think, well, they got sin in their life. That's not the case. But sometimes that can be the case. And the Bible says, and if he's committed sins, they will be forgiven him. And again, this idea doesn't stand alone in the book of James. This is found also in other texts of Scripture like 1 Corinthians chapter 11. They were gathering together and they were taking the Lord's Supper in vain. And uh, Paul the Apostle says, that's why many of you are weak. weak. How about weak? Y'all with me? Weak and sick together is weak. Y'all with me? Many of you are weak. Many of you are sick. And then check this out. And he says that many of you are dead. So James is teaching here that if a person is sick because of continual sin in his life, that if he confesses that sin to the Lord, they'll be forgiven him. Thus the healing in this sense would not only be physical, but it would also be spiritual. And God moves into people's hearts and he transforms them. So whenever you're sick, pray. When you're encouraged, pray. When you're enduring hardship, pray. Here's the fourth one. i got to go quick. Whenever you're overcome, you should pray. Verse 16, the Bible says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Now notice this. Confess your sins to one another. This isn't some Catholic concept. This isn't where you go in a box and they pull back the screen and you confess your sins. Uh, This is the idea of an individual who is experiencing a great battle with sin And that person actually calls another brother or sister in Christ to their side to pray with them. And they confess the sin that they are overcome with. And they pray for one another. Uh, It was Charles Stanley who writes concerning this verse that I just read. He says, no Christian has ever been called to go it alone in his or her walk of faith. We cannot obey God without being in regular, close fellowship with other believers. He has designed us so that many of our needs can only be met through mutual interdependence. So, so think about it. Uh, somebody may be here this morning and you, you are overcome with a sin. I mean, you, 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 just, you just have a sin that's just eating your lunch. And it would be, listen, it would behoove you this morning to grab a brother or sister in Christ. If you're a guy, grab a guy. If you're a gal, grab a gal. And just say, hey, would you pray for me? Here is the sin that keeps eating my lunch. The Bible says that when you confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, there'll be healing. And you know what that sin that is, right? That's, that's the sin that is zapping your spiritual energy and vigor. It's that sin that is holding you up from being all that God has called you to be. Uh, listen, you continue to trip up, continue to fall into it. Hey, get somebody fighting with you. You pray for one another and God will hear it. 
James 5, 16, the Bible says, The effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. Now, whenever we uh, look at this verse, we're encouraged to know that the energetic plea of a follower of Jesus can produce many things. The effective prayer, that means the intense and fervent prayer. Are y'all listening? I want y'all to look at me right here. Come here, come here. When he talks about this idea of uh, intense and fervent prayer, uh, this isn't some kind of flippant, uh, Lord bless these people. Uh, Lord be with us today. This isn't some kind of right before you close your eyes at night and say, Lord, forgive me of all the sins that I did today. This is the idea of actually fervently coming along somebody and praying with some intensity. And I, I don't, again, understand it, but there is something linked to intensity, prayer, faith, God hearing, and God answering. And so there might be some times, listen, like, like Pittman just shared a minute ago, there might be some times where you got to cry out to the Lord. You cry out to Him. <laughs> I knew this was going to go over good. Y'all with me? Are y'all listening? Y'all do know like the Lord is listening, right? And, and, and we ought to pray. And we, listen, if we feel like, man, we really need God, we've got to have the Lord get, pray with some intensity. You've got to get loud, get loud. Be, the Lord can handle it. And Baptist people will learn how to. All right? But we pray. We pray. Those were all the charismatics clapping. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, that was funny, though. So, so check this out. If you're, if you're overcome with sin, here's, here's what you ought to do. You ought to find somebody that you know is walking with the Lord, and you ought to say, come here, can I, can I just confess to you, here's what's going on in my life. Would you please pray for me? He gives an awesome example. Y'all know Elijah, don't you? I'm going to preach on Elijah, Lord willing, in a couple of weeks. But uh, look at verse 17 through 18. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Look at the preacher. You know what he's saying? Elijah was just like y'all. Just like you are. Don't think he was some kind of special person who had a special connection with God. He has a nature just like yours. And then the Bible says it like this. And he prayed. What's your Bible say after that? How did he pray? Yeah, earnestly. That it would not rain. There's some intensity in his prayer. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again. And it's inferred that he prayed earnestly again. And the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So he, he's just saying this. He's saying, listen, when Elijah prayed, he just believed God would hear him. And he believed God would answer the prayer that he prayed. That's how he prayed. And the Lord did. And then he said, here, y'all with me, Sam? Look at me. Look. So James is like, y'all pray like that. Y'all like, that's good preaching, ain't it? Went to seminary to learn that line. Y'all pray like that. I'm serious, man. I'm kind of stirred up on this concept. Uh, I'm convinced that, uh, again, a lot of times our lives are a direct result of our prayers. And a lot of times our churches are a direct result of our prayers. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? So if you're like, man, I sure wish some people would get saved. Well, pray. I sure wish people would give. Then pray. Sure wish people would serve. Then pray. I mean, come on. 
Now, but I got to give you the last one because I have to finish the book today. When others are backsliding, pray. Y- y'all know that term, backsliding? If you grew up in church, man, you know that term, don't you? Backsliding, you know, that's the, that, I'm just going to resurrect that old term right now. That's the idea when you, you at one time in your life were just walking close to Jesus, man. You were singing praises to him. You were praying. You were seeking the Lord, sharing the gospel, serving God's people. But then all of a sudden something happened in your life and you kind of began to decline spiritually. You, you didn't spend as much time in prayer. You didn't spend as much time in God's word. You began to kind of not sing as you used to, not seek the Lord as you used to corporately. And you kind of start sliding back. Listen, when someone is backsliding and you know about it, you are to pray for them, seeking God on their behalf. Y'all do know, by the way, we're just a bunch of sheep. Do do y'all realize, like, from what I understand, studying sheep, they're not real smart. Are y'all listening? I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just shooting. I'm I'm, I'm one too. Don't get offended. But as I study, I preached through Psalm 23 one time. This is all free. Look at me, Rick. Y'all listening? What's crazy is that in Psalm 23, you know, it talks about how the Lord is our shepherd. But it, when I was studying sheep, I learned something about sheep. Sheep can actually fall over on their back and not be able to get back up. You know what I'd say about that sheep? Backslid. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so listen, there, there, listen, there might be somebody that you, you used to see sitting next to you in church, but you hadn't seen them lately. They might be falling over backwards. They have backslidden. You need to pray for them. You, you know what the shepherd had to do, by the way, to those, they're called cast sheep. The shepherd actually had to go to those sheep and actually turn them back upright and massage their legs so that the feeling would come back into them before they would be able to stand again on their own. I might preach through Psalm 23. Y'all looked interested in that, but it's crazy good. That's what, what I'm saying is there may be some that you know who are backslidden. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody in your community group, but they are outside of where they used to be with God. They're upside down, and they need prayer. I need to read the verse, don't I? 19 through 20. My brethren. If any among you strays from the truth, there it is, backslidden, and one turns him back, there's the prayer warrior. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Do do, do y'all know what this is saying? This is pretty wild now. I want you to listen. This means that the effective prayers of your life for somebody who is backslidden, if they come back to the truth, you may have actually helped them escape an untimely death. And you, you don't think your prayers are important? Man, please. You tell me, you, you're enduring, you got some trouble? Trouble? Y'all know that song, don't you? Trouble, 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 trouble. Trouble's been dogging me ever since the day I was born. You might have some trouble. What do you, y'all didn't know that song, did you? God bless you. That's an oldie. 
But you, you got some trouble, maybe you should just pray. Hey, are you, are you cheerful? You're like, you know what? Things are going great in my life. You ought to praise the Lord. You, you're sick. You know somebody's sick. You ought to pray for them. Overcome. Why don't you find somebody and say, hey, pray for me on this, man. Here's what I'm struggling with. And by the way, li- listen, look at, look at the preacher. I'm trying to close it out, I promise. But wouldn't church be awesome if we actually prayed like this? It's one, of, it's one of those things, man. I can get up here and holler about it and preach about it. But until we actually call on the Lord, we've not applied it. Don't be just hearers of the word. Be doers of it. So uh, let's just heads bowed, eyes closed. And as they come and begin to play, let me just ask you a few things. And you, you don't have to look up here. There's nothing to see. What, what do you need to pray about? You need to find a place in the altar and get on your face before God, then you're more than welcome.